unafraid of being experimental, complex, or weird, Chelsea Reject is a self-actualized MC, dishing lyrics like, what they gonna say to me, I do it courageously, what they gonna say if they're not who created me. She channels a feeling and a flow last seen during hip hop's heyday. And though there have only been a handful of sightings since, she's here tonight to remind us not to give up the search. I'm your host, Queen God Is, and if Manhattan keeps on making it and Brooklyn keeps on taking it, if the Bronx created it, then this queen is definitely not faking it. See what I did there? When I tell you that tonight, hip hop is very much alive on B-side. Keep it close. We on our back staring at the stars above, talking about what we gonna be, what we grow up, grow up, grow up, grow up, grow up, grow up, grow up. Yo, we on our back staring at the stars above, talking about what we gonna be when we grow up, grow up, grow up, grow up. Yeah, yeah. When I was a school kid, yo, I wasn't the coolest. Couldn't afford them new Jordans, my parents couldn't do it. I would listen to music, cause I was so influenced by what I saw on television. I would never listen. Mama said she getting tired of the repetition. Just another day of deja vu in this depressive living. Tell me how we gon' make it. Not enrolled in college, but I'm still getting wasted. Purchase it, isn't it ironic that it's clearer when I vomit? Pull the alcohol to live, but I got bars, yo, just be honest. Starring me, I'm a comet. Might just be a planet. Look at the constellations, but you just don't understand it. Panic about the future. Our Part of the plan to get on stages for pages and praises from all the fans. Panic about the future, all part of the plan to get on stages and praises and praises from all the fans. On our backs, staring at the stars above, talking about what we gonna be, what we grow up. For those of you who just tuned in, this is Miss Chelsea Reject uh, from Brooklyn by way of the planet Namek which is part of a star system in the Dragon Ball Z universe. Um, so that's for all my cartoon nerds. And I reference this because the Dragon Ball Z universe uh, cherishes principles like loyalty, teamwork, trustworthiness. I want you to tell us something about yourself that kind of like segues into what your hip hop superpower is. What is your superpower? What do you represent for Planet Namek and for the Dragon Ball Z universe? And what do you bring into the culture? Well, for me, I, I say Planet Namek and stuff like that. I like Dragon Ball Z because they train, you know, like how they're training for like so long. And I feel like that's kind of like music. You're constantly training. Yeah. So that's that's where I get that reference. And I'm, I feel like I'm kind of awkward. So I, I really, I really, I really mess with that. Shout so, out to the awkward know. black girls. We are going to come back to the idea of training because I do think that training is important, practice is important, particularly in hip hop, which a lot of people take it for granted. What yeah. is it like to transition from working over tracks mm -hmm. or however it is you used to create in the past to now working with a band? What is that? Like, it's a different emotion. Like, you got people to feed off of and yeah. vibe with. It's cool, you know, I, I really enjoy it, but it's probably something I just do on special occasions, you know? Okay. But I, I really enjoy it for the first time and stuff. But beats are more like you just by yourself, so you kind of have got to get into your zone. But I, I got people to zone off of right now, so yeah. it's awesome. So let's go back. You landed from the planet, the mech, in Brooklyn. <laughs> I don't know how old you were. Um, <laughs> but what was the first moment when you woke up and you were like, I'm an MC and that this is what I do? And if you can remember the first rhyme, I would love to hear some of it. <laughs> Yikes, the first time <laughs> I probably no wouldn't share that. But um for me I was I used to be a poet, so I used to mess with Urban Word, NYC, shout out to Urban Word. Okay. Um but then what happened was the competition aspect of poetry was, was getting to be too much for me. So I was like, you know what, I I wanna do it by myself and like not have to think about competition, just work on myself. 
And then I realized like music is like poetry. I listened yeah. to a lot of hip hop growing up and I'm a huge Lupe Fiasco fan. Mm -hmm. Shout out to the nerdy rappers because mm -hmm. you know, we need them. <laughs> um, but yeah, pretty much it. Good. Well, this is actually a perfect connection then. I actually used to be, used to be a coach for Urban War. What? <laughs> yes, I was That's a poet awesome. coach. And so I'm happy to actually start this conversation tonight by talking about poetry because I think as people are figuring out where they fit in this spectrum, some people make strong delineations between poetry and emceeing. Mm -hmm. And some people say that it's all one and the same. Um, a lot of people give a nod to people like Tupac where mm -hmm. it was definitely lyricism. Um, but then it also had like, a, you know, he also had a strong poetic side. Let's talk about poetry. What was your relationship with poetry? How did it offer you a kind of training or foundation to segue into hip hop? And how do you think about them? Do, are they one in the same? Definitely one in the same. Um, in junior high school, actually, I was there for creative writing. I went to Bay Academy. So my, my English teacher, she got us super into poetry, but it was more on some like freestyle poetry because I was used to it being more constructed. Mm. And she kind of gave us more segue and more, more um, leeway to do whatever we wanted. So I started doing that. And then I started really getting more into music because I didn't listen to a lot of hip hop because my dad's like super into reggae. So I was into okay. that. I was into like uh, rock bands and stuff. And one of my friends gave me this mix CD, it had Lupe on it and all that. And I, I kind of seen the relation, like the words he uses, like the way he paints pictures with his words. Absolutely. Like poetry and music, they're both painting pictures, you know what I mean? So when were, how old were you when you say you officially completed your first oh, rhyme? Completed who, my did first you, rhyme? who did you share it with? My cousins. We were, <laughs> we were in the basement at my cousin's house and he, they were all rapping and stuff. And I was like, yo, I'll kick a freestyle. And I was rapping. And it was a freestyle? Yeah, I was freestyling. Oh. And they were like, yo, you can actually rap. I was like, nah, don't, don't, don't say that to me. I'm, I'm a poet. I, I, don't, I don't do this stuff. And we just kept doing it as, for fun. Mm -hmm. And eventually, like, when I was in college is more like when it started to hit me, like, maybe I should really dabble more into it because I really loved it, you know. Well, shout out to the cousins. And yeah. All the, people, all the people who are around when we have our first moment with anything because that becomes, like, a really big part of our trajectory, like, whether mm -hmm. or not we keep going. And especially to be affirmed in hip-hop when you don't think that you can do it and when you haven't done it before. Um, so you, you, you started to write to music. You had Lupe Fiasco as an inspiration. Um, you finished your first song. When did it go from being a hobby to I does this? When I was in college, I was really thinking about it. Well, my best friend, he started like saying, oh, you really need to make a mixtape. And I was like, a mixtape? No, nah, I don't know how to do that. That's gonna be too much work. But he just kept instilling it in me like, yo, you gotta make this mixtape. So uh, I got equipment, my dad got me some equipment, and I took it up to Purchase College with me. And basically, I just, you know, I started recording a lot after class you and stuff. You started recording yourself? Yeah, I, I was learning how to use it, like YouTube and all that. It was, it was super interesting <laughs> to me. YouTube Like university. my whole first project, I don't know, a lot of people don't know, but I'm the one who pretty much got all the beats on my own. And I like recorded it. Where'd you get the beats from? I like I, I hit up a bunch of producers like, hey, can I can I use your beat like off YouTube? Anything, anything I can find, honestly. Okay. And this project is called Radiate. Radiate. Yeah, Good. So for those of you at home who are trying to figure it out, first of all, you have like a thousand songs. I definitely <laughs> had like a Chelsea reject holiday <laughs> coming into this show. As a, a hip hop nerd, lyricism really is a big deal for me. Some people focus more on flow, delivery, and things like that. Mm -hmm. But it was really impressive to see not only the body of work, 
But to see these like very conscientious threads through all of the songs and to just hear how your flow has its own staple, mm -hmm. you know, it has its own thing, but it also kind of evolves a bit here and there through the songs. Mm -hmm. um, what have you learned about yourself when you went going from your very first freestyle in the basement to having completed the actual first project? I mean, I learned a lot. Like when I first started writing, I would try to like come up with a concept. I would have like writer's block. But then I realized you really gotta live life to make music. You gotta go out there and yeah. just be yourself and experience things. You can't just write about stuff that's not happening for you because you're not really gonna feel it. Mm -hmm. So it's like I would take breaks and just live my life and I would get like a song out of it, which is always cool. And I appreciate that. And I think that that's a good message for the artists, especially the young poets at home. Mm -hmm. um, having worked with many of them, they used to like try to squeeze poems out of themselves, <laughs> especially. Especially when you're like competing and things mm -hmm. like that, you want to just have the new and the new, but you have to live. Could have been me. Heard you never made it home last night. Now I'm standing here thinking how I'm gonna make a dream. Something more than my past life. Give me a chill, there's no thrill with the fast life. It took yours, all you wanted was love, but didn't know what to look for. Look, Lord, need blessings, cause they've been doing the same things. Got me feeling so lost in the world where the aim is. Get the money and blood. Exude confidence, all up inside. Had the power in me all along. Used to tell me I wouldn't fit in, didn't been long. Now listening to y'all, they in prison in your vision. And you should be appalled, cause you follow television. And they got you so enthralled. You should make your own decisions. Before you walk, you gotta crawl. Know what's about the numbers that's over all. But I ain't worried about the others from the bar like Caillou. All the one summer, I'll be passing right by. Passing right by. Passing right by. Yeah, yeah, life too short to be so unsure who we, who we are versus who we were. Life too short to be so unsure who we, who we are versus who we were. So I think one of the biggest change that I can humbly say from the outside looking in that you may have gone through was just your relationship with yourself. But I'm gonna take a quote that I got off of your Instagram page, which I thought was really a special quote, I think it has a, a powerful message for a lot of people who are watching. And then this is a testament to not only this song, but just to who you are and where you're going. And it says, I am the weirdest looking person I know. <laughs> it took a while for me to accept myself. Growing up, I was a loner and always felt a negative way about myself. This is just opposed to say, please accept yourself. F what anybody thinks about you. Go forth and live and be happy. Life is too short. Reject. Tell me about that. Well, I was thinking about like a lot of things going on in my life recently, like just like family stuff and everything in general. And I just realized that the only way to really make life easier for us and for everyone is just to like have compassion for others and like just to be able to like look at yourself and accept yourself fully because if you can't, then it's, it's kind of hard to move forward. And that's something I'm constantly working on all the time, so I don't think I got it all figured out or right, anything. But I'm definitely always working on that. Now, to put that in context of hip-hop, that is really significant. I, I'm sure that you've done interviews in the past, as have I, if you are a woman in particular who happens to do hip-hop, right, and who happens to do it well, people ask you usually the same kind of questions. Mm -hmm. And those questions range from, like, what's the role of women in hip-hop? What do you think about image and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yes. So I think you're important, even as you're growing and improving, because we can that being the first message and the first kind of platform that you're having with yourself and then coming into to this and to have created a style for yourself that is really not like what people think they need to do in order to get a platform in order to get followers in order to be seen mm -hmm. 
I can I can honestly say this. Like I'm taking you in, and I know what has happened before you, what's happening outside of you, and it is not that. And I, so I think that that message about just self acceptance and the decision that you made to just be yourself. Mm -hmm. And I know it's not easy. So tell mm -hmm. us what are some of the hardest parts about it, and how do you persevere? The hardest thing is like looking at people around you and trying to compare yourself, which is the worst thing yes. to do possible, yeah. honestly. So it's like, you're looking at the people around you, you kind of got to get into like this tunnel vision for you to really like just focus on who you are and who you're trying to become. Because I mean, every day is a work in progress. People change all the time, you know what I'm saying? So for me, I just try to channel things out because you'll look at TV and see like, oh, trap is popping off, maybe I should do that. Or maybe I should write a song about this because that's what's popping off. But you know, you kind of got to like stick to your core. I guess you can experiment, but I kind of try to stick to my core and like my core message. And the results, I think, it's challenging, and, and that's why I'm stressing Very this because so. I think that this is a pivotal part of the conversation for people. You want mm -hmm. to make it big. You see this thing that you love or you think you love, and you want to try to figure out the formula to get there quick. And then a lot of people have that breakdown moment that no matter what platform you get, if the foundation is not strong with yourself, we've watched many people. That said, let's bring us to your name. Your name is Chelsea Reject. Mm -hmm. It's usually not a name that people want to, like, you know, <laughs> it's not a, a term people want to associate with themselves, but you've taken the term, as many hip-hop artists have, and you flipped it, mm -hmm. and now you have the Reject Nation, right? Mm -hmm. So some people have stands and fans. you got the Reject Nation. Talk about that name, and what does it mean? What did it? What was it like to, to, in what ways were you rejected, and then how are you reclaiming that? Well, I came up with this name, honestly, like probably 10 years ago. That's probably going to bust your head. But I used to do poetry, like I said, and I came up with that name because I felt like I didn't fit into the poetry boxes that Because you know, like poetry, you know poetry, some people have a lot of like, ugh, yes, I, I can't know. explain it. They go in. And me, I'm just like writing what I feel. And they're like, eh, okay. you're not going in with the, with the emotions. And, so yeah, it was definitely something I, I used for my hip hop name, but it was different this time. It's more like rejecting what anybody thinks you should be, like rejecting anything that you don't feel is positive for you, awesome. anything. So it's not that you're the reject or that's where, you're, you know, you're mm -hmm. not, but you're now saying no to these things. Yeah, Good. just to be myself. I I was a weirdo, now they looking at me like I'm queen, race supreme, but you scared both, thought you had it all figured out, yo, but don't nobody know where the route go, and so I had to make my own lane, can be programmed by people that be running their mouth, so, gotta have a little bit of faith, and I'm feeling great, put your favorite rapper in a grave, signature grave, and you just don't get it, all in my dome, I be stressing, my mind is a weapon, but I learned my lesson, said I learned my lesson, said you just don't get it, cause all in my dome, I be stressing, my mind is a weapon, but I learned my lesson, said I learned my lesson, what they gon' say to me? What they gon' say to me? I do it courageously. What they gon' say to me? What they gon' say to me if they are not who created me? What they gon' say to me? What they gon' say to me? I do it courageously. What they gon' say to me? Like when you say stuff like, what they gonna say to me if you're not who created me, I really don't care what the rest of the song sound like. Is that a really powerful message? Most people are broken by the things that people say, especially hip hop. Hip hop is a gladiator sport, right? Mm -hmm. This is not for the weak of heart or faint of heart. But let's talk about team and family. Mm -hmm. In the mid 90s, two gentlemen, Drew Ha and Buckshot, mm -hmm. came together and they formed a group. And then that group eventually spiraled into multiple groups, and then that multiple groups spiraled into a record label. 
Let's name drop. Let's talk about how you became a part of the Duck Down Records family, what that initial connection was like, mm -hmm. and then who are some of the members of that collective that you really feel inspired by and connected to? Well, the way I, I started messing with Duck Down, I was working with Pro Era, and um, so I did South By, actually, with South them. South By, South what? Two, two years ago? Oh. Yeah. Um, I did it two years ago, and then from there, we started more talking about, you know, the relationship, and I really, I'm, I mess with them because they're very family-oriented. It's not like a label, because I've talked to labels, and they're just like, give me your soul, and right. they're just like, we're like, you know, yeah. let's try to figure out what we're doing with you. Let's try to develop you, which I really, I really appreciated that, and it's been, it's been a great, crazy ride. It's kind of like hip-hop royalty kind yeah. of torch that has been passed. It really is a big deal. Mm -hmm. I know when I was growing up, Helter Skelter, Smith & Wesson, a.k.a. Coco Brothers. Yeah. Shout out to DJ Evil D, who is a yes. homie of mine. These were important names, and in many ways, they might have been ahead of their time because they are still important names, mm -hmm. which is not the case for every collective. And these were really big personalities and also really big influences on a lot of people in hip-hop. They saw you perform. Who saw you perform? And what was that conversation like? Well, it was actually their showcase. Okay. So it was um it was with Talib, CJ Fly, um, Mob Deep, and it was a crazy reception. Like the love in Texas is way different from New York. Like like being out there and just I, like I, my dad listens to Buckshot, so like yes. being able to meet him and like do yes. music with him is, is pretty. Inspiring. You know, this is amazing. This will be the first generation of children with like full-fledged hip-hop parents. There's a responsibility to actually teach. Mm -hmm. And so to see that there are historical groups like this, not only reaching out to the new generation, but connecting them with them in such a way that it's family. You know what I mean? That like, this is what we've done. You have something to add to them as well mm -hmm. as them having something to you. So speaking of family, let's talk about your family. <laughs> How, what is your family's response? You're like, okay, ma, uh, so <laughs> yeah, about school, about that. Um, oh man. <laughs> what was that conversation like? <laughs> it was hard, definitely. Like. She did not like it in the beginning. Mama reject. She was not with it. <laughs> but also, she's she's also really heavy into like she's in the church. So oh. she's like, okay. what is this? Don't curse. Don't. You have to give this to the Gospel Lord. Gospel rap did not yeah, appeal I'm, to I'm you. I'm not with it. No, I'm not, no. <laughs> I'm not about to be the next Lecrae. Well, but okay, let me just insert this a little bit because I am going to come back to some of the non-male artists within mm -hmm. hip hop. Lauryn Hill. When Lauryn Hill first came out. Miss Hill was very much a gospel MC. If like you listen to her lyrics, they're very much all about God. It's just that she was just really so incredibly dope that you yeah. didn't associate the sound mm -hmm. with the content because usually people who were performing content like that maybe were not so dope, you know, as far as <laughs> hip hop standards go. Yeah. So um, that said, and then to look at your body of work, your first project, which was a mixtape called Radiate, which you self-produced or you figured it out, you made yeah. it work, and then Complex. You have so much stinking material, <laughs> and it covers all bases. You talk about spirituality, you talk about politics, you talk about friends or community, you talk about identity, you talk about love. <laughs> In the mushiest way possible. I and I, I just really, I wanna give you a high five because most people have to make the song cry. It's like, this is not a topic that you wanna talk about if you're building your career. You don't wanna show that side of yourself and you actually have shown it and the, and the lyrics is so dope. So let's talk about that. See, I just wanted to be vulnerable so people can relate to me because if you try to be too cool and nobody's relating to you, like the people who really need to at least, like, Every song is like, I got a hundred bands and a million dollars, and I'm just like, 
No. <laughs> That's not me. Wait, wait, are you saying you don't have like No, I don't have a hundred beds. You know, I, I like making things that I would want to listen to to get through certain things. It just so happens that people relate to it, which is always great. Right on. Tell me about your flow. <laughs> My flow. Yeah. Um, I listened to a lot of Eminem growing up. It's like him, Lupe, Andre 3000, like they're they're like my core rappers that really Say got the, me. Uh, Eminem, Andre 3000, and, and Lupe. And Lupe. That's they're a good like my, team. Yeah. Um, one thing that becomes challenging is sometimes people want to pack a lot of words mm -hmm. into a short refrain, and so it becomes really difficult to understand. There's some really big artists right now who are super dope, but who are also kind of difficult <laughs> to fully understand what they're saying. Mm -hmm. And when you're writing rhymes that are so detail-oriented, and where there are punchlines that are so juicy, you want people to hear them. So I think that your flow is really interesting. It's like a big nod to the 90s hip-hop, and it's your own. But there was this thing that people had back in the day where they could like rhyme a certain way. Like it's called old school now, but it's actually one of the hardest forms to flip. You know, like LL Cool J is a classic. Like for all the, the things that people say about LL, like he just has this smooth flow and he was able to, to do things in really slow that if anybody else tried it, it was just no, no. For me, that's Twister. Like, yeah. <laughs> so then that's the opposite extreme would be Twister. Yeah. And I think between the LL and Twister, you've managed this lane that for me, it reminds me a little bit of Bahamadia and so many underrated artists who've mastered the craft. Mm -hmm. So I want you to tell me really quickly, what is your weakness? Like what's the thing that you feel like you have to work on the most as an artist, as an MC? Um, I think my weakness would be procrastination. What's it? Procrastination. procrastination like, yeah. it, sometimes it takes me way too long to get something done and I'm yeah. just like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know? So I gotta work on that and just I'm not like rushing yourself, but you gotta motivate yourself because gotcha. you, you can't just say, oh, I'll, whenever it feels right, you know, because that might be never. So <laughs> for me, like my greatest strength would basically be not quitting. Mm. Just because sometimes I really like, I'm, uh, I don't know about rap, maybe I should go become like a doctor or something. <laughs> my parents would be happy, everyone would be happy, you know. I am a doctor of words. The oldest hip hop artists right now are in there, are approaching 60, if not already there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Let's let that sink in. And when they started out, you know, it was fun. It was something to do in response to what was going on in the world. Mm -hmm. The Bronx, 1978. It was just like, this is the party that we're having because the rest of the world is just not a party. Then it became this huge thing in both amazing and controversial ways, mm -hmm. capitalism, commercialism, and all of this stuff. Mm. Now it's this whole other thing. And people who were once pioneers are sitting back and like, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? What, where did that money go? Like, wh why didn't, why don't people know me? True. So I'm, my, my question to you is, where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? And then even beyond that, when you're like 60 years old, like, are these songs still things that you feel like you would want to, to still be rocking? Maybe, mm -hmm. honestly, is the best answer I can give you. I can't, I can't really think past like 
the next year. Okay. <laughs> the next I'll 10 years, that. I'm hoping to be very much alive and very okay. much taking care of myself. But I do want you to think about what the next five years and the next 10 years looks like for you. And so maybe this is a slightly easier question to answer. How do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered exactly as I am. Like, I want to be remembered as someone people were able to connect to and even talk to. Like, I tell my fans all the time, like, hit me up on Snapchat if you have, like, a question or just anything. Like, I just want to be able to, like, really connect with people and help people before, like, my time is up, honestly. Because yeah. there's always a time for things to end. So you want to be yourself and you want people to say, I knew her because she was really being herself, not the representation of her, which is not something they can say for every artist who is out now. I don't think some artists struggle they, after a while, even when you get fame and the stuff, you might not even know who you are at the end of the day. So I think that that is a big deal and it's impressive and I do want you to think about the 10-year plan because I'm really curious manager what that is going to look like um, for you particularly women in hip-hop you know we see dudes get on stage up until like 60 say they're retiring didn't retire you know I'm not mad if you can still do it you still do it but I think for, for women those who identify as women like there's different like there's like sometimes like maybe 40 starts to hit and you're like I'm gonna do films <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not just about talent, mm -hmm. you know? It becomes about family, it becomes about time, it becomes about consciousness, it becomes mm -hmm. about, like, if you can even participate in this anymore. Just, I'm mean, gonna segue a little bit. Um, so hip-hop culture, is a cult it is a culture, it's all-encompassing of many things, and there are four original elements, MC and B-boy, B-girl, breakdancing. Um, graffiti and then the DJ which is the heart and the root of it all. Some people argue it's the fifth, there's a fifth element which is knowledge or uh, beatboxing even. Um, so that's up for debate amongst some people. Do you participate in any other aspect of hip-hop other than MCing? Not really but I want to learn how to I want to learn how to make beats. You want to learn how to make beats? Yeah, I love beats. I really want to learn how to make them. I tried before and it was terrible. I was like, what is this sound that's coming out of my computer? <laughs> like, I can't. But um, I also like to DJ, just like, that's probably what I would do, you know, just continue Segway to share the music of okay. people that I'm, I really appreciate their music to continue to share that energy. Right well, people are definitely making that trans transition mm -hmm. and um, it's interesting full circle. Everything's been changing, somehow it's still the same. Everything's been, everything's been, everything's been changing, somehow it's still the same. So everything's been, so everything's been, everything's been changing, somehow it's still the same. Everything's been, so everything's been, everything's been changing, somehow it's still the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somehow it's still the same. I just want to say that for all, you know, it, this has been a, a great evening. Check out Chelsea's music because it's all self-explanatory. And for all of my hip-hop purists out there, I hope you had your box of tissues as this was probably a nostalgic moment for you. <laughs> if it is true that the golden era of hip-hop has died, then perhaps it's also true that it's reincarnating anew through a select group of artists equipped to carry the torch and keep it lit. <laughs> Thank you, Chelsea and band, for stopping by. And to all of you rejects, 
artists out there, we salute you for staying true to yourself. We are happy to embrace you and we look forward to watching you grow. If you're inspired as much as I am, you can check out past episodes of B-Side on our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at B-SideBK. I am your host, Queen God Is, and not only does good music still exist, but it's probably being created right now, right around the corner from where you live. <laughs> Happy Black Future, Brooklyn. Till next time. The B-Side Podcast is produced by Charlie Hoxie, Keisha Cole, Roe Johnson, and Sasha Mathias. Recorded by Onel Mulet and edited by Kyrell Palmer. For more information about B-Side and all Brick Radio podcasts, check out brickartsmedia.org slash radio.